Welcome back to the Tape Store, everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And this is a different type of episode. Yes. Usually we watch a film, watch a show. Yeah, kind of do review-esque kind of thing. We've done... Well, review and analysis. Right. And just how it made us feel. and Right. And that's that's par- mostly because, not because we're just like, oh, we only do movies and shows, but right. that really did shape so much of our childhoods and our 80s and 90s experiences. However. <laughs> T- sometimes we do episodes where we take, you know, we had our favorite toys. Yep. We mm-hmm. had. Sick days. You know, sick days, you know, and, and things like that. And this And those week, are really fun. To talk about. They are, they are. Yeah, because you can really talk about your journey and, you know, what it was like being a kid and it connects, you know, movies and shows connect us to stories, but not quite like, I think, you know, your favorite toys or even, you know, favorite songs, which I definitely want to do. We're not doing that this week, but we talked about what we were going to do this week Mm -hmm. and we had trouble figuring out how we're going to do yeah a lot of trouble (laughs) yeah we're very undecided for some time well and that's partly too because we are um working from home yes as teachers so there's a lot of just a lot of like me trying to teach my class over here and then toby trying to manage yossi and then flip-flop yeah our kid you know and uh, then of course our our feral four-year-old running around yeah so we got a (laughs) we got a four-year-old with who's a free agent right (laughs) but she's she's really good thank god yeah we have a six-year-old who's at school from home. Yeah, who's also then, great, but, yeah, you know, you got to monitor him. He's also six. Right. So he's not always great. No. And then, of <laughs> course, we have our respective full-time jobs. So, you know, again, if, if doing the Tape Store podcast is our full-time job, it'd never be an issue. Right. You know, we could dedicate all of our time, creating a schedule and all that. But to be honest with you guys, sometimes it's just like, eh, let's do this this week. I mean, I really, we don't have time to really sit and watch a movie. Right, yeah, we, that that was really a lot of it. it was this week because, where we just don't have time to you know, like dedicate like usual to a movie, or I don't want to say time, but mental space. I think is what I mean. Well, we that, did not have the mental space to. But do that. I would say time too. Well, yeah, time. <laughs> but but the thing about it is, first and foremost, you know, we're parents, right? And we have to make sure that we wear ourselves out on our kids, right? Before anything else, so we're parents first. We've been doing that. <laughs> host the tape store second, and that's how it should be. You know, if you want to know if you're doing the parent thing right, I think, you know, I don't, I'm not saying this is the rule every time, but if you're worn out by the end of the day, I think you're doing a pretty good job. Yeah. So, you know, and worn out because of them. So, exactly. But, and those of you who follow us on Instagram saw that we did celebrate our daughter's birthday recently. So we've yes. been, we've been busy with parent life. <laughs> Absolutely. Leading us to what are we talking about this week? Right? Yes. And I want to call this episode, and we we can do, this isn't necessarily the only time we're going to do this, but right. this is a discussion slash character ana- analysis on a rogues gallery. Oh. A rogues gallery, as in our favorite antagonists slash villains right. from the 1980s. Yes, this is the 80s edition of a rogues gallery. And this isn't Brooke's favorite and then... Toby's favorite, even though I, our favorites are in we do, here. Yeah, we do have some We do have some that I like more than you or you like more than me or, or know right. about more. But when we did our toys, we, you had your favorite that you right, grew up with right. and I had mine. But this is ones that, th- these are some villains slash antagonists that we discussed that we realized, like, let's let's pick five yeah. good ones mm-hmm. that, that we believe really defined being a villain. Absolutely. Being a bad guy in, in a great way. And glorious way. Absolutely. If you're going to be bad, 
you want to be these guys. Right. <laughs> Most of them. If you're going to be bad, I guess, let's say, this is going to lead us to what makes a good villain yes. in general. Yes. Because it's not just being evil and living in a dungeon and doing things bad. You no. Know, of course. Although that's fun to watch. That's fun to watch. So um, we're going to open up at the very beginning of the 1980s. Yes. With 1980. The top. And this is one of your... Yes, uh, this, this is one, one of my of, first picks. This is one of your submissions, so why don't you you take it? Okay, so we so so as we said, we're we're careful to label them all villains because we don't believe that they all are necessarily. Right. No. So my first and one of my favorite antagonists we're going to talk about is Jack Torrance from The Shining. Yes, now, I've only seen this movie one time. Ah, uh, I love this movie. Um, one, one was enough. Weirdly, one was enough for me. Yeah, I, I I really love this movie. I don't know why. Uh, okay, so yeah, and actually, our he's not with us tonight, but our our favorite co-host Jeff. Yes, this is one of his favorite books as well. Me and him have had a lot of discourse on this particular yes. character, and we can talk about perhaps maybe The Shining one day. Yes, we will. It's really disturbing to me. I know. You know? I know. See, and I know we have a, a few horror fans that listen to us. Like JD, I know you're a big horror fan, so me and you geek yeah. out over that kind of stuff. So Toby's oh, Toby's horror light. I don't. I don't discredit the movie for what it is. Right. I, like it's I, disturbing though. It yeah, is. It is. It's, it's very just, disturbing. It's very unsettling. It is. So, and of course, anybody who's anybody, you know that Jack Torrance is is portrayed by Jack Nicholson. Yes, I mean iconic performance. So why don't you okay. lead the discussion as far as why he's so iconic and okay. such a great so obviously villain. yeah. So obviously we are talking primarily about the film now over the quarantine over this quarantine time. I did also finally read the novel, which was absolutely incredible and it get it 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 lends itself to why I'm calling Jack Torrance an antagonist and not a villain because I sure. it, the novel gave you even more backstory on Jack and um yeah some villains are tragic right some vi- some villains have it kind of thrust upon them as opposed yeah, to just, I'm just bad to the bone you know right so Jack so okay so The Shining obviously I'm not going to take you through the movie because that's 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 no. what we do other other episodes and, and, but some of these discussions are just you know keep your ears open guys exactly. because some of these discussions are, are the seed for what's going to eventually be because you know, all of these are fair game for us to cover eventually well we are going to cover you know yeah I'd say pretty much all these yes you know? so <laughs> but we're talking about Villains and right. of course the Rogues Gallery again of the so um, so Jack Torrance to me as I said is an antagonist and the reason for that is because Jack we meet Jack just a little bit broken already but he's not a villain yet he has he's an alcoholic or uh, excuse me a recovering alcoholic okay yeah um he had a drinking problem in the book we we find out his dad had a drinking problem it's definitely generational abuse and all that yeah. is generational so he had some soft spots he did and he was. He comes to the Overlook Hotel with his family. And they have no idea what's going on there. No, and, and they're they're thinking, okay, we're turning over a new leaf. He's been let go of his job because of stuff with drink. It's bad. So he's like, okay, this is my shot to be a better person. To, to be reborn, essentially. Yes, to be reborn. But but again, he does. he's already a little bit broken. So, you know, they get to the Overlook Hotel. And as we know, the Overlook Hotel is riddled with ghosts that are, for the most part, incredibly unpleasant. Very unpleasant, right. and, and and very they are villains. The overlook, yeah, I could I could even say really the overlook, it, the overlook's inhabitants are <laughs> villains for sure. Because Jack gets there and in his broken state is overtaken by the overlook, and essentially the overlook becomes him. And it's yeah. tragic because he already has all of his past flaws working against him. 
So right. it just it it's you know the the poor guy can't keep his head above water. Yeah, it, and it's he obviously succumbs to you know I've seen it one time, so yeah. I know obviously he succumbs to the powers of the mm-hmm. hotel and and he does try to fight. He does. Yeah, see that I don't remember. He does try I to fight remember, mentally. Like I just remember the kid riding. The, poor the most, Danny. The most. Um, I guess iconic image in my mind of mm-hmm. the shining. When I think of the movie, I just think of, I think like I feel like thirty minutes of that movie is Danny riding on his big it's wheel. his trike. Yeah, yeah, and and it is it does build the suspense because oh, like, yeah. you know the sound and just the way it's shot. I mean, Stanley Kubrick. I mean, the I, yeah, forget it. Like it's yeah, incredible, brilliant director. But yeah, and then I just remember, and then he goes nuts, and for me also. The psychosis, yeah. When he goes nuts and chases everybody around, w- he just with the axe. looks insane. That's that's all I remember. Like I don't think about again. That's I only what saw everybody remembers. To be fair, you don't remember the journey, mm-hmm, what it mm-hmm. took to get there. And I think that there is our first major uh, point of discussion about villains. Yes, I think if you want to, if you really want to look at what makes a good villain, you have to look at well, how do they get here? Yeah, you know. Just to look, you know, when we think of like Star Wars and Darth Vader. Yeah. When, when I first saw him, I just thought, it's the bad guy. Just right. because he's menacing. Yeah. You know? And of course, years and years and more films have told the tale and told the story. But when, when I look at Jack, don't mm-hmm. worry, I didn't want to stay on there. I, I wasn't going to leave The Shining for too long. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> I'm just saying that for me, it was, oh yeah, here's Johnny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's Johnny. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What it... T- the journey to get there, obviously, is just as important. Yes. I just, because I've only seen the movie one time. Right. You know, I just took away, yeah, he went nuts and tried to kill everybody with the axe. And, <laughs> and, it, and you're not wrong. And then it was kind of anticlimactic because then he ends up just kind of, I guess, freezing to death or whatever. Yes, right? which actually, um, the film and the book very much differ in their endings. Very, very much. Yeah. Um. And now, obviously, the film. It when they. I know they. They recently made Doctor Sleep, and and that followed the yeah, film's trajectory, so it movie. made sense. But um, yeah, Doctor Sleep's a good movie. For those of you who have already read the book, or you know haven't read the book, the the film ends with um the boiler exploding and Jack dies with the hotel. Right. So the hotel explodes. It's not that but, Jack gets lost in the maze and freezes to death like in the movie. I mean, right. ultimately, Jack still dies. Yes. And um, I, I respect what Kubrick did because it worked. It right. worked for his adaptation. Um, so, but, so to ask you, so, yeah. but why, so why Jack Torrance, though? Uh, I think, I, think I, I pity Jack Torrance because I feel like he could be any of us that wrestle with demons that Again, we can't overcome, and then God forbid something other, something otherworldly enters into that battle, and you're like, okay, I'm already trying my hardest right, to do sure. the right thing, and now I can't, I can't even, it, it won't allow me to. Right. And I now one thing I will say about Jack Torrance is the book makes it um, a lot more heartbreaking because you get more insight into his yeah, struggle, as always. Yeah, as always. The book. And the book's always you better. have moment. There's moments where Jack is lucid when he's crazy, and, he, and and Danny sees it. Yeah, and he's like, "Please get out here, run!" And yeah. then he's back to crazy, and you're like, "No, Jack!" So but to me, course, Jack is just he's a he's a tragic hero slash antihero. Like he really is trying to do the right thing, but even you you see through the filming. Okay, yeah, he's mm, something's up. Yeah, and, and and again, so when I saw it, I was like, this is like 20 years ago when I saw it, I was like in my 20s, mm-hmm. 
and I'm 20, 21 years old. And again, I just was like, oh, cool. Scary movie. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's classic. You got to see it. Movie. It is. Yeah. And Jack Nicholson, who I de- I've definitely, he has some, I'm not going to go into the performances. I don't want to go too far out on a limb. Right. On too many limbs or rabbit holes or whatever. But he, he has roles where he's been caring and nurturing, but. He's mostly... He's, he's real good at being unhinged. Yeah, he's just really good at just being Jack Nicholson. He's just kind of... I kind of feel like he is that way in real life. And so I think that that's why it was hard for me to see him as this tragic character. It's like, yeah. well, he's just going to go nuts, man, because... you already know. You already know. Yeah. So. yeah you just look at him and you're like, mm. Yeah, for those of you who, follow, who, who have been following the tape store for a minute... Uh, whether it's Instagram or our TikTok page, uh, you'll know that I love the Shining. I dressed up as Wendy Torrance last year for Halloween. That's right. And I did. A, there's, I think there's a there's a a reel that I did with a. It was like a duet on TikTok with this guy who was playing Jack Torrance, and I was already in my Wendy costume. So we'll have to we'll have to re, we'll have to repost those so you can see the level of my devotion. Yeah. But um no, but I I do I really I love Jack Torrance. I know he's crazy and he goes absolutely insane, but like. It's almost not even his fault, and you feel so bad for him. So he's a tragic, tragic villain to me. Yes, he does become the villain. I mean, he does. He does. He's absolutely the there, villain. There becomes there comes a point where. And what's crazy is that it's foretold. Like you know, Danny yeah. Danny doesn't know, but he already knows it's going to be his dad because he has visions of it. Oh wow! So that's and that and that in itself, I'm like, well, that sucks because it's like even fate or whatever was ruling, you know. He was never going to be okay, right? And that's super sad to me. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, when it's tragedy, and again, I, it, I think that's what makes great villains. Though, yes, is right. The, is is again there? We can see the journey, even if it's tragic. We see, oh, this is how it happened. It, yeah, this they, was the decline. Yeah, they they weren't just like oh, I'm evil, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. You didn't just meet him. With a croquet mallet, you know, or I guess in the, well, excuse me, in the movie it's an axe. Right. But in the book it's a croquet mallet. Just chasing folks down the hall trying to kill them. Right. But <laughs> we do have some of those that we're talking about. Oh, yes. Uh, tonight. And to move into that from Jack Torrance, <laughs> I want to talk about, I think, what is uh, an unsung villain in film history. Yeah. Or in, in the 80s especially. And if you're a kid who grew up in the 80s. You remember? You already know. Masters of the Universe, <laughs> He Man. Yes, He Man. Now, as a kid, even as a kid, I loved He Man, but I was absolutely nuts about Skeletor. As an adult, as you should be. As an adult, I appreciate He Man, but I absolutely exponentially, right. even more love Skeletor. I know because, like, kind of like. We are all Skeletor, like in our in our most you know snarky moments. Right now, Masters of the Universe, of course, was a cartoon. Right, yeah, it was a cartoon that ran from 1983 to 1985. Right, it was incredibly popular, and like many really popular, you know, cartoons yeah. or or you know comic books, you know, they make movies. Of course, some are great, some aren't. <laughs> now, in general, the general consensus is that Masters of the Universe. The 1987 film based on the cartoon. Right. Starring Dolph Lundgren yeah. as He-Man. Yes, yeah. And Frank Langella so as Skeletor. Good. Frank Langella is an incredible actor. Love him. Incredible. But when that movie came out, it tanked. Yeah. Nobody liked it. 
Yeah, because it's it's hard. It's it's hard to translate the cartoon to reality, but with something as fantastical as He Man. So it when, is. I, I tell you, when I was a kid, and I, I'm going to be very very reserved, guys, about how I talk about this movie because we absolutely are doing an episode. Oh, 100 percent on Masters of the Universe, the film. <clears throat> Excuse me. As a kid, I loved it, <laughs> and I I loved Dolph Lundgren as He Man. I loved. Frank Langella as Skeletor. As an adult, I, I watched it again. Yeah. And I still love it. <laughs> I still love Dolph Lundgren yes. as He-Man. If somehow Dolph Lundgren hears this, you know. We love you, man. We love you, and <laughs> you are a you are great as He-Man. <laughs> but I want to talk about Skeletor, as in Frank Langella's uh, portrayal of Skeletor in the 87 film. In my opinion, one of the best performances of a villain I've ever seen. I'm talking yeah. like, well, for one thing, you know, when I'm a kid, I don't know who Frank Langella is. No, we don't care about actors. No, no, not when we're a kid. No. But I remember when I watched, I was like, man, Skeletor is, you have to understand, Skeletor was absolutely, in the in, in the comic book, he was your evil, he, 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 he. I'm always trying to foil He-Man. Yeah, now, he, I, he, he. yeah, 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 I love the, the cartoon. Please, oh. please, I, because I my no. favorite is cartoon. Well, don't even get me started because he's phenomenal he's too. His, he's hysterical. But Frank Langella Skeletor was deadly serious. Yeah. Incredibly ruthless and evil. And now, now Skeletor, now again, shifting from Jack Torrance who who was tragic and had this. He was know, definitely evil, but it was put upon him. Very, a very human story. Yes. A very tragic story. Right. Well, with Skeletor in Masters of the Universe, it's completely otherworldly. Right. And it's like born. It's like bad guys are just born bad. The bottom line is <laughs> the story with Skeletor is he wants the power of Grey Skull. Right. That's what he wants. That's what he wants in the cartoon. That's what he wants in the movie. Right. It's very cut and dry. It's very cut and dry. And Skeletor, when you look at him, he's evil. He it, looks like a dang skeleton. We, we know who you yeah, are. In the movie, there's no there's no allusion to he had this tragic story. No. Or, or there's a perspective we can mm. we can. Leads me to my next point about what makes a good villain. You should be able to step into their perspective and understand that even though they're wrong or even though they're doing things the wrong way or the evil way, right? They're, they believe that they're right and you can they have a reason. You can see the reason. Yeah. They have a, like, a, they, like people always like, what's your why? Like, right. They have a why. Skeletor doesn't have a why. Skeletor is no. just like, he came out, Mama Skeletor, yeah. mean. Yeah. He does it. That's now, it. Now, maybe somebody wants to come along and make a, a oh, an I'd be here for story, it. but I kind of just like the fact that he's always been Skeletor. <laughs> it's just, there's, there was no beginning. He, he was just always Skeletor. Basically, the movie opens. In the middle of the ages long right. conflict between He Man and Medius Rex. In but the I, of the but, so I, I'm going to tell the story now. Frank Langella, okay, when, he was, yeah. when he was offered the role, his kid, his, his son, was like, Dad, Skeletor. Oh, that's so sweet. So he said, So I took it. And I hate that the film got such a bad rap because Frank Langella, his portrayal of Skeletor. Was just incredible. But it didn't was he good. say that he wanted to take it seriously yeah, in an interview I, or something? Yeah, I think he, yeah, and I, and I, I feel like you, I remember you telling. Yeah, me this. I don't want to, like, I don't want to, because it's been a while since I've seen the interview, and we should, we should try and post the interview. Yeah, at least, at least Langella, a portion of it, because I think he really enjoyed it. Which that's who, what matters. Who wouldn't enjoy playing a skeleton? It was clear. Yeah, that he he was like reveling in his acting yeah. chops. 
and I'm telling you, and and he had a a very different, you know, the look obviously in the in the cartoon, it's just a skull with a hood on. <laughs> and this this I'm sorry, this just when you maniacal, say it out loud, it yeah, just sounds really ridiculous. And this maniacal voice, and he's savage, and he, he but maniacal, but also kind of like, like just skeevy. Like it wasn't really scary. It was just kind of like, all right, Skeletor. No, but, but in the movie, he's very different. In the movie, he's like this. It's, he's ominous. He's like this ominous, disgraced warlord. Yeah, you know, and you definitely can see how he's he man's equal, and they have a battle in it and stuff. And I don't, he's I like, I, I if I was, I mean, because you know, like we like you said, he man, the cartoons more cam- way more campy, and it's meant to be. Yes, it's perfect. But he the the Skeletor from the film kind of reminds me more of like the ba- the Black Cauldrons villain. Yes, like. Well, yeah, like he's very even a, dark and and actually actually does have a an evil plan well, in place. Well, one of the things about the cartoon Skeletor, one mm. of the things that he would never do, right, is kill one of his own bad guys. No, that, you know, and you see that that's a that's a movie thing. Like, yeah, yeah the main bad guy, one of his underlings doesn't doesn't get do the, what he wants, doesn't get the good guy, right? Like, you know, we saw it in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yep. the sheriff kills his own cousin because he couldn't catch Robin Hood. So, Skeletor, though, the cartoon Skeletor <laughs> needs. Even if they're idiotic, he needs anybody in he, his corner around him that's yeah. going to that's going to praise him and lift him up as the leader. Yes, so, he he he's a type. Yes, he's just that narcissistic. He needs I'm, the worship. Yes, he needs the worship. Yeah. So even though Beast Man's a total idiot, idiot. Yes, thank you. Just brainless. <laughs> he's going to keep Beast Man around. In the movie, Skeletor actually kills one of his henchmen. He right. doesn't kill Beast Man. Right, right, right. But he kills one of his henchmen. Hmm. And again, when we do the film, we'll go more into it. But I'm just saying, I'm like, whoa! He actually killed one of them. He, I mean, Skeletor usually, you know, has his dudes around and 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 Evil in, of course. Yeah, you know, and they they just kind of go around and cause mischief and cause problems, right? You know. But I'm like, wait a minute! When he gets pissed, like he he doesn't care. Yeah, like, it seems like they did with him what they did in Ninja Turtles. The, the the live action. Yes. They kind of were like, hey, we're going to take the cartoon and we're going to make it a little bit grittier. And it they seems did. like that's what they tried they, to do here. They and, did it, a fun- and again, it didn't... The re- I, it, right. it was It was not received as well. It's not that I don't see how maybe it, it didn't translate, mm-hmm. but I still liked it. I thought it was... I, I just... I remember... And I, I think there are some fans out there that can that can resonate with this. I, I watched He Man at such a a time when I, I was so young. Yeah, and he was just like, I want to be He Man. Yeah, you know? I, I just I loved He Man. So when I saw him in the flesh, Aww. and Dolph Lundgren looked just, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, of he course had he had the look. He looked good as He Man. I just was like, I just remember I couldn't believe it. It was like, <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's all real. It's real, and. So I think that that is why Masters of the Universe will never be a bad movie to me. Oh, that's sweet. But Frank Langella's performance as Skeletor, I mean, is is top notch. Like a great performance, right? And, and, and so yes, yeah, Skeletor is definitely your, eh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I've always been bad. Why? Because I'm Skeletor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Frank Langella, it's like, dang man, he was just he brought the heat. He did. So and, and I rest my case because I want to save some for when we actually yes. do. Okay. Uh, do the film Masters of the Universe. So, with that being said, let's move into one. Now, this is one that's that I think's exciting for both of us. I know yes. for you <laughs> because of 
the Netflix Cobra Kai. Yeah, Cobra Kai. You oh, wait. so obsessed. I know many of you are as well, but I'm. Yeah. Well, I mean, Toby is too, but I'm, but I'm one thousand percent obsessed with Cobra Kai. Yeah. And respectively, so Kid. This is a twofer. Yes, yes, in, because they do go hand in hand. They these do. Two. So we're going to talk about John Kreese and Johnny Lawrence. Yes. From Karate Kid, 1984. One is a villain. One a mere antagonist. In, yes. In the movie. Yes, and 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 there's levels. There really is. Yes. There's all out villains, mm-hmm. and then there's antagonists slash foils. Foils. Yes. Yeah. Like Thank foils. You. And. Really, it just kind of it matters again. You have to look in that person. You have to, you know, you have to, yeah. you have to take their story. You have mm-hmm. to look at their their motivation. Obviously, the villain is John Kreese. Of course, the villain of Karate Kid is John Kreese. Yes, once you've seen once you've seen the movie from beginning to end, you yes. realize okay. And then, now we now now Cobra Kai has blown the Karate Kid mythology wide open. Oh, absolutely. Where we've even seen. We now, even, there has been fan theories for a long time that Danny was always the the bully. I don't know how that even works. Interesting. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't, uh, but uh, that has been a fan theory for right. a long time. But I, now, again, with Cobra Kai, we see that John Kreese, we look at his backstory and we yes. see that. We, and we're talking about specifically w- season three right, right now. Right, yes. W- but what I'm saying is, I'm not going to give any spoilers. No, I'm no, saying no, that no. we see, you do see how he becomes, he makes yeah, a decision. They, yeah, they give us, they give us his why. Some of it out of is beyond his control. Some of it was always of course. In. Of course, there's, mm-hmm. we have a choice, right? Yeah. But Johnny, not quite the villain. Yeah, and you're also given more of Johnny's backstory yeah. in Cobra Kai but, as well. But let's let's look at just yes, Karate, Karate Kid. Kid. Okay, so Karate Kid, obviously. Okay, so here's an interesting thing about me. I always look. We you know as kids, we all grew up knowing about Karate Kid, watching it. My mom had a thing. With violence in movies, I mean, I wasn't allowed to watch Ninja Turtles. All right, so I snuck that. it. I snuck watching it, and my we lived with my grandpa and with my papa, and I would I would go in his room when he wasn't in there, and I would turn. On, he had the TV with the with the dial that yeah, changed like, the channel. Clicks when you yeah, turn, right. and I would turn on Ninja Turtles, and I'd be like, yes, and I was like, they won't find me in Papa's room, and I would watch it. So like. I always was trying to watch these things, but I wasn't ever able to. And for some reason, I never watched Karate Kid literally until this year. Crazy. I know. It's it's upsetting to me. I saw Karate Kid 2 in the theater. It always has been upsetting to me, but it's just, you know, you, you, you get to a point where you're not thinking about it, yeah. you know? I was four when Karate Kid came out, so oh. but, but Karate Kid 2, I did see in the theater yes. with my mom and one of her friends, but... So let's talk about John Kreese. Yes. Okay. So all that to say, I recently have watched Karate Kid, so it's right. fresh on my mind. Now, one we of the, need, yeah, we need to talk about John Kreese. So one of the reasons why John Kreese is a villain is because he is taking impressionable young people. Youth, yes, yeah, y- and young. they're troubled. Yeah. Many of them. And instead of making them better, mm-hmm. it's not about them. Oh, absolutely. This is another not. thing about a villain. So absolutely not. for a villain. For an actual all-out villain, mm-hmm. people don't matter to them. No, they are not in the business of caring about others. And again, we're looking at the Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. It seems that with John Kreese, the these kids don't matter. They're ultimately serving his greater agenda. Yes. Which is to be the best of the best, Cobra Kai. And to be ruthless. Yes, and we find it. We see it even more. You know, this year with the with Cobra Kai, but like he he just wants to create an army. But 
Just yes. a, just an army of brutes. But, but it all goes back to him. Absolutely. It all goes back to, it's not about, hey, I want to build you up no. so you can go and do greater no, things. No, he's not trying to empower kids. He wants it to come back to him. Anything that he puts into these kids, it's, it's, it's going to come back to him. It's, he, it's, it's to build up his own legend. Yes. And Mr. Miyagi, when we before we ever meet Kreese, mm-hmm. Danny tells Miyagi all about what's happening to him. And, you know, and, and Mr. Miyagi witnesses it himself. Yes. But he tells Danny, no, no such thing as bad student, mm-hmm. only bad teacher. Yes. Teacher say, student do. And yes. that sets us up because that's before he's gone to see Crease. So yes. we, he's setting the audience up saying, hey, it's not all Johnny. Right. It's actually mostly not Johnny. And then when we look at the end of the film, yeah. the, the climax of the yes. film, which is the tournament. You know, he's just trying to completely destroy Daniel. I mean, he'd be fine if he killed him. Right. But <laughs> so he's just basically telling each of his students, do this to him, do this to him. Yeah. So, again, it, it, it's for, for him. It's a, it's not about does he want his students to be the best? Yes. But he wants them to be the best. So they'll do what ultimately what he wants. Yeah. John and Kreese, at any cost. Because John Kreese only cares about. John Kreese. Right. And his reputation and his whatever. And whatever. Even heroes are flawed. But w- I think what differentiates uh, a hero from an all-out villain. Yeah. Because some villains, we're going to get into, we're going to talk about one uh, tonight. Mm-hmm. We're going to get it to one who does care about people. And, and that's that's a complex, that's a great villain. Yes. Not yes. that John Kreese isn't a great villain, but. John Kreese is way No, John way... Kreese we all collectively hate. Yeah. But then there's villains that are like, ooh, I feel you. Right. Not not Jack different. Torrance yeah, Jack is one of those. Has layers. Uh Skeletor has no layers. <laughs> and no. John Kreese now now John Kreese has some layers now with Cobra Kai, but, but again, he hadn't we're but this looking is at new. just the film. Yeah, that's we're that's looking a new at just thing. the film. John Kreese n- not really layered. Unsympathetic completely. Right. Here is now. So, how's Johnny not the villain? I think now, if, you, if you're watching Cobra Kai, it's very clear we love Johnny. Yes, but, I but again, I love him. Let's remove <laughs> Cobra Kai. Yeah, there's a scene in Karate Kid. It's when Mr. Miyagi and Daniel visit the Cobra Kai dojo. Yep. And Johnny is looking at Daniel, mm-hmm. like because Daniel's come in. They, they've already had their beef. They've, yeah, yeah. He's he's already been terrorizing him. And Crease is teaching and. You know, going moving through and doing his whole spiel about no mercy, and he zeroes in on Johnny because Johnny's not listening to him. He's not. Yeah, he's he's, he's distracted because Johnny is looking at Daniel. Mm-hmm. And there's something about when Crease snaps him out of it. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, look, Crease knew they were in there. Yeah, he knew, he knew. He's aware of everything. Right he's now. aware." He's an incredibly. He's smart, a lot of things, but he didn't miss. Right, stuff. he's not an idiot. He's no. not. He's not. No, he's not an idiot. He's not. He's a very calculated. He knew they were there, right? Yeah. So what I'm saying is, you see that Johnny is just a broken kid with no direction. Yeah. And 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 he and he's a hothead, and that doesn't help. So when he's looking at Daniel, he's not like, "I hate this kid. I'm going to kill him." So what the heck are you doing? He's just a, yeah. being a kid. Yeah. And there's just something about the fact that when Kreese, he says he doesn't even look at what Johnny's looking at. Yeah. He's looking at the fact that you aren't listening to me. Mm, yeah. And I think that draws the line between Kreese's ability to, he's like, these kids that. He's not like, are you okay? These Cobra he's Kai more kids are like, hey. Look, these Cobra Kai kids, they're not the villains. It, it's, it's, it's Not Kreese. fully, no. And 
I think that separates Chris from Johnny. So when he tells him, like, hey, are you listening, Mr. Lawrence? You know? Yeah. And he's like, uh, uh, yes, sensei. Johnny is just a follower right now. Yeah. He's and, a hothead. He ha- he has some feeling. I mean, you know, of course, as we all know, all this started over Allie. A girl, yes. So now, and now Johnny, let's talk about and, Johnny. And, and Johnny and Allie are, yeah. So and that, that way, gives us a way, second. Uh, just want to say that, yeah, um, Martin Covey uh, portrays John Kreese. Right. Actor Martin Covey. And Johnny portrayed by William Zabka. Just yes. Like to, just like to say his, Yes, for so, sure. So William Zabka, Johnny. So what about Johnny? All right. Okay, so Johnny. So obviously we all know now now I know <laughs> late to the party that um you know he and Danny are fighting over Allie because now when we meet Johnny he's he's a craphead. He breaks yeah, he her boombox. He wasn't a great kid. And he's yeah. like, what's wrong? Because we know they've already broken up. He's a kid. Yes, he, but he's young. I'm not excusing. No, no, no. He's young. He's a hothead. He's kind of a kind of a, a, a blockhead teen. Probably, like, you know, total like whatever jock at, at the school. Right. And he's not villainous, but he's a craphead. But what I'm saying is you don't have to be, you don't have to have a villainous karate teacher like John Kreese. <laughs> <laughs> to get angry and upset over a girl, right? And that's get, ultimately his emotions are on to get jealous. Here. Yeah, he's so jealous. it's it's teen drama at its finest. I think that that is what's great about what eventually Cobra Kai is a very mature. Th- there's a maturity to it. There's a maturity, but at the same time, they're still operating in the well, silliness sure. that yeah don't, <laughs> that they don't left get off to with. It. Yeah, want to stay in the eighties, right? But, but what oh, I'm saying, it's the, hey, the soundtrack's eighties. So what I'm good. saying is to think that. A couple of teenagers caught up in a love triangle. Mm-hmm. These are teenagers in high school, right? Caught up in a love triangle. You're going to tell me that one of them is just going to stay the hero? That's not going to happen. No. So Johnny is very clearly a kid. Yes. Has a bad influence, and is an incredibly jealous. And you know he's jealous over. Yes. His girl. Now to be fair, he he and his friends really do antagonize Danny. In like. Really bad. Yes. You know, and, and they are the definitely, you know, Johnny and his Cobra Kai buddies definitely are the antagonists. And uh, now some of them aren't. It's like what what the guy, um, I forget his name. Hold on. Yeah, you're talking about Bobby Brown. Yes, and 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 the yeah, and the tournament. He he hurts Daniel. Yes, but even when they when they're all in the you know the iconic scene, you know, the skeleton costumes. He's like, no man, like you got to quit. Yeah, like he, like enough's enough. And he's like, yeah. no, it's enough when I say it's enough. You know, like yeah. So some of them that that's how you see though, they're not all just this group of baddies. Yeah, and where we really see it with Johnny, and we don't have to watch Cobra Kai to know no. that, that Johnny. He's not is, bad. No, in, in fact, no, he's good. Yeah. And, and he has a horrible, I mean, for, for, no, for all intents and John, purposes, father figure no, over yeah. him. Johnny, like any person, is flawed, but Johnny has a good heart. He's a good man. He does. And I, I may have cried a little bit <laughs> we, when we, I saw how Crease was like, do this. And Johnny was like. Yeah, no. at the end, right? Like, sweep the leg, and yeah, and then when sweep he the when he took, gave him the trophy, and he was, ah, oh, man. So I was like, ah, that's that's what Johnny, I'm getting. At. Get a better teacher. We're, how do we know that Johnny actually isn't a villain? Well, we don't have to see Cobra Kai Mm-mm. because Johnny is a hero in Cobra Kai. Right. Spoiler alert. But what I'm saying is, how do we know that Johnny's a good kid at heart? And j- we can just we can find that out just in Karate Kid. It's at the end when yeah. Dan- when Daniel wins the tournament, he gives him the trophy, and and, and did he say like you deserve it? Yeah, like, like, he says it. That is actually who Johnny is, and 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 
anyone who can look at a situation and say, I was wrong. I'm wrong here. Yeah. Any, any competitor that can look at the person who they've been striving against and say, you know what? You got it. You won this mm-hmm. one. And then even worse, though, at the very end, when we see what Chris does to Johnny mm-hmm. because of that. Right. And that's when you're like, oh, wow, it really isn't Johnny. Yeah. Not really. No. Because Miyagi had to straight up save him. Right. From being choked out. That's in the beginning of Karate Kid 2. No. Okay, well, I'm adding that because that's part of it. Yeah, no, I'm just telling you, it's the beginning of Karate Kid. Sorry, I watched them back to back. But (laughs) Karate Kid, Karate Kid one ends with Daniel winning. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. Karate Kid two is a continue. It picks up right where it leaves off. It's outside. Yes, where the tournament happened, and Kreese attacks Johnny. Yes, and he's choking him. Yes, like and isn't letting up. This guy who is a freaking veteran who can actually kill people is choking a teenager. So you have to talk about. And again, that goes back to why Kreese is a villain. He never really cared about Johnny. No. In the sense that looking at... Now, again, everyone, Cobra Kai gives you a completely different take on... It even makes you look at John Kreese to be like... It adds layers to Kreese. Yeah, yeah. But but I definitely think, you know, looking at Kreese and But the narrative doesn't change because they really did set up all of these things in both the movies. It's very clear that for Kreese just to turn on Johnny like that mm-hmm. and to physically attack him. and Kreese is only caring about Kreese, which, again, is very, very villainous. Yes. Whereas Johnny was like, again, the beginning of Karate Kid 2 is the last time you see Johnny mm-hmm. until Cobra Kai. The last time you see Johnny is those first few minutes of Karate Kid 2. Yep. And you really see who he actually is. He's just a kid. Yep. And that, that match with Daniel changed him in a good way. And... I think that encounter with Kreese also changes him. And, of course, I'm so glad they made Cobra Kai, and, you know, we're really enjoying it. Oh, my gosh, it. But yeah. Yeah, so that's a great example of, I think, in, in one film, the difference between, I think, an antagonist slash a foil yeah. and an actual villain where you actually have yeah, in the, the same bad guy. Movie. The bad guy, Kreese, and then, of course, Johnny, who, I mean, you watch the movie, you're like, man, Johnny's terrible, and then you realize, like, man, it was, this, he's not really, no, he was just... He didn't. He made some really bad choices, and yeah. really did do some damage. But like at his at his core, mm-hmm. I don't think he would have done that without Kreese's influence. And I think what Cobra Kai teaches us, and again, you see, and you see it again. Yeah. yeah, you see it again in Cobra and Kai. And I think what Cobra Kai teaches us is that Kreese was definitely the villain, mm-hmm. and Johnny was just just a poor kid who had a bad influence. Yeah. And then, and of course, you know, also talks about you know the Cobra Kai also shows you that. You know, Daniel made some mistakes, so yeah. not getting too Nobody's deep into that. Perfect. But, so, Nobody's perfect. Pobity's perfect. Yeah. Let's move on yes. to our number four, because we got number four and five to talk about. Number four, this guy, <laughs> a villain. Uh, For who, sure, yeah, a villain. A villain who reigned in the last half of ni- uh, the 1980s, uh, from 1985's Back to the Future and 1989's Back yep. to the Future 2. It's Biff Tannen. Biff. Old Biff. I right? mean, that's the worst name. You don't love your kid if you name him Biff. <laughs> maybe he, like... he. I'm sure it's a nickname, Maybe it was, like, short for Bartholomew or something. But just to go by Biff, like, you know, like... Yeah. Mm-mm. Biff Tannen is portrayed by actor Thomas F. Wilson. hmm And he's been in some other stuff, but obviously he's really known... I was going to say, I don't, I don't remember him from Biff. anything else. He's a good actor. Yeah. He's, he, he's good. Obviously, yeah. He, yeah. I mean, we hate him. 
but he he was great as Biff. This is an example of if you take Back to the Future as a, one movie, yeah, Biff's not really a villain. He's he's just a bully. He's just a foil. yeah. He's Again, a foil. He's a foil because. Mm-hmm. We need conflict. He served well, as conflict. Back to the Future, the purpose of the Back to the Future story in the first movie was never about Marty being pitted against Biff Tannen. No. It was the time machine essentially serves as the force that pushes the movie forward. Right. It's all kind of haphazard and accidental. Yeah. You know, Marty, you know, essentially was at the wrong place at the wrong time with Doc, ends up going back to the future. Excuse me. He ends up going back in time. <laughs> he ends up going back to 1955. Right. <laughs> it, it's all a freak thing. He didn't do it on purpose. No, they just end and up there. I, I I would think most people watching this, or excuse me, listening to this, have seen Back to yeah, the Future. Yeah, surely this is not a spoiler. So you know that when Marty is is filming a a he's filming Doc um, activate the time machine for yeah. the first time. He's videoing <laughs> it, and we find out that Doc has stolen plutonium from Libyans or uranium. I think it's plutonium yeah. though. From some Libyans. And they come after him shooting machine guns and anyway. I we, still want to know how they're friends. Right. We see Doc get shot and Marty takes off in the time machine and that's what begins that's, the story. Yep. So it was never like, okay, I'm going to go back to 1955 and see what it's like. No. Mm-hmm. It was all a freak thing. But he ends up going back there. And then the journey is, I need to get back to the to future. To the future, yeah. He ends up crossing paths, obviously, with his uh, young mother, played by Leah Thompson. Yes. And it ends up becoming, in his journey to get back at, you know, to get back in time, to, to, to get back to his time. Yeah. He ends up part of this greater arc, which is he redeems and helps change the destiny of his father. Yeah. George. Yes. I love Back to the Future. Oh, it's a great and movie. It, it's so interesting that you're watching the movie and you're like, oh man, now he's got to get back in time. And then you find out, oh wait, why is, why he's getting back in time? This freak thing happens where his mom's into him. You know, she doesn't know. She just <laughs> thinks he's Calvin Klein. He's some Klein. kid. Yeah, yeah. She calls him Calvin Klein. Oh my gosh. Because you know, of his his underwear or whatever has, has it written yeah. on Yeah. You know, <laughs> because that's not been out yet in 1955. Right. It's not happened. But in, in the very beginning of the film, George McFly, played by Crispin Glover, is insecure, he's a pushover, and Biff shows up. Again, this is in 1985. Right. He's he still bullies George. He's he's still the town bully oh, yeah. in Hill Valley. He's still, it's the typical 50s, like, you yeah, know. But, but, but in yeah. the 80s, he's older, and he's still bullying George. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. flirting with Lorraine in front of still, George. Still, yeah. Because yeah. George does marry Lorraine in, yeah. in, in the first timeline. Right, right. But, but Marty goes back in time... And actually through uh, his his journey and interacting with his future father, mm-hmm. <clears throat> he ends up helping his father stand up to Biff. Yeah. Kind of empowers him. And it empowers. And, and that from that moment forward, it was such a, that's such a great moment. One of my favorite moments, actually. Yeah. Is when George McFly punches Biff Tannen. Because... You know, you see a lot of movies where, where the, the little guy stands up to the bully. Yeah, it's, for it's, sure. And it's a powerful thing. But that changed George's life. Yeah, that it, one act right there right. empowered George to say, I don't have to take this crap. I, don't, I, I, I am somebody. Yeah, I'm and, worth it. And you know what? I'm, I don't, I'm not going to let anybody run all over me. So when Marty gets back after it's all said and done, back to 1985, spoiler alert, 
You're right. His father is a successful author. He's confident. Um, Biff, who was kind of a, an old bully in the, fir- in the yeah, first part of the mm-hmm. film, is now this... Like a blue collar kind of... Yeah, but, but, and, and he has a tremendous amount of respect for George now. Right, which obviously is not how it was and, back in the 50s. But, but, and I just love that it was the son with his future dad, and he helped his dad become, I think, the man he wanted his dad to yeah. be. You know, because it certainly wasn't like that. In the right. Part. But Biff, in the first movie, Biff... He just, just was a, the obstacle. He was a bully. He was yeah. a jerk. He was a bully. He really wasn't real. I mean, e- even in the first timeline, when, yeah. when when George was a total pushover, before Marty went back to 1955, Biff was still harmless. He was just a yeah, jerk. Yeah, he just was a jerk. Yeah, exactly. It's Back to the Future 2 where yeah. we find that Biff actually did have it in him, as you said. Yes, as a, he, he always had villainy in him. And it comes out. Yeah. And that is based on, of course, the time machine, but also the sports almanac. Right. That so what happens is obviously Biff is older. He steals the time machine, gives it to the younger version of himself, that and says, you know, this is a sports almanac from the future. The young Biff makes bets. He becomes rich, and when he becomes rich, he's incredibly villainous. He's horrific. He yes. just did. He just needed the means. That's the thing all it was. is, he yeah. was always. We find he was always a villain. He just didn't have the means. Right. And now he he's got the means. means, and he's like, "Oh, y'all are all done." And money and power made. Yeah, they make they can make anybody a villain. Let's be honest. Right. So, in the second, so in the first movie, Biff was again a jerk, still yeah. a problem, but he was a jerk and he was a bully, and he was easily put down. And that one moment where George McFly stands yeah. up to him, it, it changed George McFly's life. It made him, and it changed Biff's. It did. You know, Biff suddenly was like, "Hey, I don't really." I, I guess I don't have a license to kill. My right, bad. Right. And yeah. George McFly realizes, like, I'm going to stand up. Not going to be afraid. I'm not yeah. going to be afraid. Yeah. I'm going to take a stand in my life. You know, I'm going to do something with my life. But back to the future, too. When, of course, you know, Marty McFly ends up in 2015, mm-hmm. which looks nothing like, you know. Oh, gosh. I remember that. I remember when it hit 2015. I was like, yeah, yeah. none of that panned out. No. I, lo- I wish I loved it. Sounded those shoes. cool. His shoes were so cool. They, oh, I know. They like they laced themselves. I, 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 I would love it. that. I would love that for our kids. But so they don't have to lace their shoes. Biff tries to actually kill Marty two different times. Yeah. The older. 100% the, worse. Yeah, the older, rich, corrupted Biff. Yeah. In 2015, tries to. Uh, he, he shoots Marty. Yeah. Uh, he tries to. He tries to shoot Marty. Mm-hmm. Shoots at Marty over the, over the almanac. Marty, Marty's got to get the almanac back to fix the timeline, right? right? Right, because this is crazy. But then he has to go back to 1955, and the younger Biff tries to kill him. He tries See, to run, and him. that's how you know. Okay, it was always in it him. It was always in him, but he just didn't have the means. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, you can't watch Back to the Future without <laughs> without Biff Tannen. You, you need know. old Biff. You need Biff. Biffy. Yeah, and Back to the Future 3, of course, it was, I think, Mad Dog Tannen. It was this old... There's always a Tannen. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a little... Yeah. I, like, I like Back to the Future 3, but... I do, too. I like them all. Yeah. They're great. The first one's the best. So, yeah, it was it was the first... I love the first two, actually, equally. I I really look at them as like almost like... Yeah. One I remember film. like third playing one, third that one too, in my front yard, like pretending that we were going back in time in the... Whatchamacallit? Oh, my God. What's the name of the car? The DeLorean. DeLorean, golly. I was yeah. going to say the Mandalorian. <laughs> oh, Lord. 
Okay. It's, I'm tired, you guys. It's late. Uh, well, that's okay, <laughs> because we're on our last one. Oh, yes. Last, last one. but not least. Yes. From 1982, the villain in the greatest Star Trek movie of all time. There will never be no. a Star Trek I have Trek to agree, movie. and I watched this with you, and this I, is, I really enjoyed well, it. This movie is one of my top ten favorite movies. It's it's just an incredible movie, but it will always be the best Star Trek movie. It's Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, 1982. We're talking about Khan Noonien Singh. Yes. Also known as Khan, played by the great Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> good Lord. So I, good. I will be sitting out on the porch. Me and Brooke will be sitting out on the porch just, you know, relaxing when, you know, we're not chasing our kids around. Right. And I will still watch scenes. <laughs> it's true. With Khan. Yep. This is... This is my favorite movie villain. Mm-hmm. Khan. He is my favorite movie villain. <laughs> this is where we get into one of my favorite things about Khan as a villain is because he's not just, he's not a Skeletor. No. He's not even a John Kreese. No. You know, John Kreese has, you know, Skeletor is just, you know, he's just a. He was born bad. Right. <laughs> John Kreese, he uses people, doesn't really have any he's regard self- for people. He's selfish. Yes. Khan actually isn't selfish. He actually has followers. He has people. And he loves them dearly. Yeah. Yeah. And that he's is... He's a well-rounded he character. Had a, yeah, he had a wife he mourns over. Mm-hmm. He, it's interesting when you see a villain that actually understands what love is. Yeah. And it's in their life. You know, what happened with Khan, of course, is it was from an original Star Trek episode. Right. So it's the wrath of Khan. He comes back. Ultimately, Khan was a a um, a genetically enhanced super person. Right. So A weapon. Essentialized a, a humanized weapon. The, well, for the, the first thing about Khan you have to understand is he didn't ask for it. it right. Was, he was created that way. Right. So he's like, what do you guys expect me to do? I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be Khan. You guys made me to be Khan. I'm going to be me. Right. <laughs> So that's the first really complex thing. Yeah. Going on. The second thing is 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 that Captain Kirk actually, you know, who is his arch rival, his arch nemesis. Yeah. Actually does, and Kirk is good. He's flawed, but he's good. Yeah. At, but, at heart, he's good. But Kirk actually is part of the problem here. He banishes Khan on a planet. Yeah. SETI Alpha Five. SETI Alpha Five. And something freak happens. SETI Alpha Six, a planet in the system, explodes and causes SETI Alpha Five to be knocked out of its orbit and turns the whole planet into a wasteland. Yeah. Because Kirk put him there to be like, you're banished, but there's a chance for you to ha- at least have, for you and your followers to live. Right. Live he was out- trying to allow them to have a place of yeah, their own. Live out your days where you can't take over starships and try to take over the world. You can have <laughs> your own planet. Right. But this happened. Mm. Something tragic happens. And Kirk never checked on it. Right. Kirk, Kirk never checked on his progress. Mm. Kirk made a mistake. It, it was irresponsible. Yeah. And Khan, of course, was enraged because yeah. what happened caused the planet to turn into a wasteland. And his wife dies. And many of his people die. Yeah. yeah. Khan, again, he loves his people. And he truly loves them. It's not like, ah, oh, he's just some. No, he loves them. Yeah. And, I, and he understands the burden of leadership. He does. And I think that's that is what most villains lack. Like Kreese right. absolutely didn't understand the burden of leadership. He was making he was making he was using, soldiers that would just obey him in anything right. he said. Khan was like, I am looking out for the well being of right. my people. Yes. And I've been let down. Yes. And now and I have and now person, I have an issue. The only person that I can blame is the person that put me here in right. the situation. That's right. Kirk. Right. So like that's that doesn't take work to understand. 
No. That's very... And I mean, I feel like any of us maybe would not react with weapons, but like anyone mm-hmm. can understand that pain. And that is why I think Khan... Well, that is why I know in my mind Khan is my favorite villain because if you were with Khan, if you were part of his group, right, you he would be the hero. Absolutely. And I don't mean like, of course, Beastman thinks Skeletor's the hero. But I'm, <laughs> I'm saying no, but truly because you know that Khan cared for you, and for instance, he was looking out for them at the end of the film when there's the big battle in the Matara Nebula. Yeah, which is God still so suspenseful <laughs> to watch the Enterprise versus the Reliant. You know. Well, when the Enterprise, you know, because it's Kirk and it's Spock and they're just, you know, they're good. You yeah. Know? And they obviously eventually they best con. And in, in one of the assaults, you know, they're, you know, the starships are attacking each other. Con's uh, right hand man, Joaquin, dies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He dies and he runs over. He goes, Joaquin, Joaquin. He picks him up. Aww. And Joaquin's last words to him is yours is superior. And he just dies and he hugs him and says, I'll avenge you. I mean, this is not somebody that's just like, oh, di-, you know. Yeah. He, I don't care about this guy. Yeah. And just if you watch the scenes with Khan, you know, at one point they steal a starship and Joaquin's like, hey, look, let's just go. And he goes, no. So Khan's wrong because he's obsessed with vengeance. Yeah. But, but, but he, he actually listens. You know, Joaquin's talking to him. He's actually listening to him. And he's, he's saying, no, no, we have to do this. Yeah. But when he hugs him when he dies, Joaquin, that's I'm, awful. Like, I'm like, it is sad. It's sad because you're like... And it's also sad because Joaquin tried to be like, hey, we could just peace out. Right. You know, and, and I think... And, and you have to think, though, that Khan felt that weight. Khan he made knew a, that. But Khan made a choice, though. He did. Well, he, he is still he a made, villain. He made the wrong... Well... The, the choice was... The wrong choice. The choice was Khan chose his hate. He chose to remain with that. And that's what ultimately right. came between him and his people... Even though, That's what even puts him close to a villain category. Even though Khan took the plunge into vengeance and hate and yeah. became a villain, yeah, he still, again, he loved his people. And, right. and he believed that a, a, a massive injustice had been done, not just to him, yeah, his wife, and again, the people he was with. So Khan is such an interesting guy. And, and the fact is, is, it's such an incredible performance. And he's it's just... It's incredible. I wish... That that we could have seen just like a series of movies or oh god I would love I would love like Netflix or some oh or, or some streaming service just to do a show about Khan and how they survived before um, the Reliant came you know check that would off, be check cool there's um it's so great and, and he's so he just brings such grandiosity everything Khan says oh yeah in the movie because we watched it not long after we got it married. wasn't yeah I think it was like a couple years it wasn't long but everything he says is is, is is so important. Yep. Everything Khan says is so important. Everything he says is just has such weight. And yeah. I, I he just, doesn't waste a word. No. And I just thought, no, he doesn't. And I just thought, man, what a great way to end this show. And I think so. the one thing um, Khan brings at home, what makes, again, what makes, excuse me, not just, I mean, you, you talked about what makes a good villain, but what makes the worst villains right. are people that were incredibly good. Yeah, sure. And there's a quote from Neil Gaiman I was looking for um, that that I love because yes. it speaks to that. It says, "When angels go bad, they're worse than anyone else." Remember, remember, Lucifer used to be an angel. Yeah, and that's definitely. so true. Like because Khan was really he was one of the best of them. He cared about his people. Yeah, he, now he, he would, yeah. now he did ruthless stuff. But I'm he saying, was, yeah, the reason why he was banished was because he was ruthless. On right, Earth, but what I mean is, to his own people. He protected them, he cared for them, he loved them. Yes. And he was trying 
to do good by them. And yes. because his efforts that you know it wasn't his fault. And by all, by, went bad. Yeah. He just he was like, "All right, I'm done." Yeah. And I feel like the 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 worst villains, I mean, you I mean, you could apply this to so many different villains throughout the ages, 80s, 90s and beyond. Um it's the ones that tried the hardest to get it together. Yeah. And through whatever reason, it doesn't happen and then they're like, "You know what?" I'm going to take all that energy and put it towards being yeah, bad now. Whether it's tragedy, misunderstanding, or even a mistake that a hero makes. Exactly. Like, can, as someone like Khan will outweigh a Skeletor any day because of course. Khan knew what it was to be good and to be bad. I think so, yeah. And, and I think and, if you and, and only his, know what's being bad, you're just going to keep doing yeah, what you're doing. In his mind, in his sense of good, he, he thought, I'm doing the right thing. Yes, yes. And... Of course, you do have those bad guys out there that just want to burn everything to the right. ground, <laughs> and those make for right. some good stories. But the I'm talking about t- for it to be great, you almost want to love your villain. That that's what shows you've got you a good should, one. You should understand them. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that. You should yes, understand like them. I mean, like we look at Lord of the Rings, like Sauron. Like no one loves no, him. Right. We all know you're bad, man. Come yeah. on. But you know, someone like Denethor. He's right. He's you can see. You can see. Yeah. Boromir. Even some people are like, "Oh, he's bad." I'm like, no, no, he's he was. Not. Al- he was always good. He's wonderful. You got to read the book. That's yes, a, that's, you got to read the what book. What I'm saying is, and Boromir things is, like classic literature like that is full of those kinds of stories of, yeah. you know, these people are relatable, not yes. just I'm bad. I have you know, I have I have no backstory. Right. I'm just evil. But of course, we are in the 1980s. We are. And that was a rogues gallery. Just to recap, so tonight we talked about right. We talked about Jack Nicholson's portrayal of Jack Torrance. Yes, from nineteen from the, the film, from the film nineteen eighties, The Shining. Yes, we talked about Frank Langella's portrayal of Skeletor from nineteen eighty seven's Masters of the Universe. We talked about Martin Covey's uh, portrayal of John Kreese and William Zabka's pr- portrayal of John Johnny Lawrence. Lawrence from Karate Kid nineteen eighty four. We talked about and to end Karate Kid uh, two for yes, a blip. Yes, and we talked about Thomas F. Wilson's portrayal of Biff Tannen from Back to the Future one and two eighty five to eighty nine, and Ricardo Montalban's portrayal of Khan from The Wrath of Khan Star yes, Trek two so The Wrath good. of Khan nineteen eighty two. So just that's just a recap of what we talked about, and that that is probably our top five. Yeah, as yeah. far as. Uh, at least for now. At least for, for now. For 80s villains. Of ones that we really, really enjoy talking about. Yeah, for, yeah. For who they are. Skeletor for everything that he is. Uh, Khan for everything he is. Jack Torrance for everything that he is. Everything that they are and everything that, you know, they unfortunately, some of them never became. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah, it was a good discussion. This was fun. Yeah. We did. I, li- I liked we didn't take These any guys. notes. We just kind of, we just kind of went through no, it. No, we, so. we, we went with it. This is more of a conversation, which we enjoy. All right, guys, so why don't we uh, get ready to shut it down, close up shop. Why don't you tell us where they can find us so we can... All right, um, if you are on Instagram, uh, if you aren't already, please in- consider following us on uh, at The Tape Store. We are also on TikTok by the same name, The Tape Store. If you're on Twitter, we're The Tape Store Pod. And if you'd like to shoot us an email, feel free to do so. We're The Tape Store Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, and we would love to hear from our listeners. I get yes. we get random emails from uh, <laughs> companies that want to like grow the podcast. Like, oh hey, God, you know, yeah. well, I want to help you grow your podcast. I'm like, thanks. But, yeah, yeah, delete. Yeah, it's just yeah. So we'd love to hear from like humans. Yeah, want to hear from <laughs> you guys. Uh, but but and no, also, we're we're most active on Instagram. So please feel free to hit us up, uh, start a conversation. We absolutely love talking to you guys. Yes, and 
leave us a rating, of course. Yes, if, we if, would appreciate you know, it, it very only much. Ta- it only takes a few minutes to leave a rating, and it means the world, and and it just lets us know we're doing a good job. But either way, we're happy to have you here. Absolutely. And we're going to close it up. Um, got some exciting stuff coming yes, up. Yes, we're the, excited. Yeah, we got something in the works for the next two weeks. Really exciting, so we're looking forward to getting into that. But it's the Rogues Gallery <laughs> this week, so we hope you guys enjoyed it. And until the next time, we will see you at the tape store. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. Bye, everybody. Be safe. Take care. Good night.